In our home in Hawaii, we had a number of mango trees that were healthy and produced amazing fruit. And I became known for my mango chutney from a recipe that the stalwart Episcopalian who lived next door to us shared with me. Just to say, you know, Episcopalians know our food. <laughs> and one of the things I loved doing when the tree produced these amazing, juicy, sweet um, fruit items was to make chutney. And the chutney recipe that she gave me called for pickling spice. And for those of you who know what pickling spice is, you know that it's not just one thing. It's several spices that you tie together in a cheesecloth little bag, like a tea bag. And you tie it together and then throw it into the pot when you're cooking the mango chutney. So one day when I was happily making my mango chutney because the trees had produced this bumper crop, I measured out the pickling spice, and when it came time to add it, I poured it into the pot. Shoot. <laughs> or the word adjacent. <laughs> I had forgotten to tie it into cheesecloth, and so now it was all swimming around in my chutney. So my options were clear. Throw out the batch and wait for the next wonderful harvest of mango, or continue on and warn people about the peppercorns and the shards of bay leaves that they might, in fact, be eating. <laughs> Neither of those were options, so I took a deep breath and decided to not even look at the clock, grabbed a pair of chopsticks, and poured the chutney out into baking sheets and picked out all the bits of pickling spice. And I did this because I wanted to save that awesome, those awesome mangoes. Now, Jesus' words to the disciples in our reading this morning um, are rather opaque. Their questions, the disciples' questions, seem to still hang in the air, and I think they're our questions as well. When? How will we know? What will happen? But we soon realize that Jesus is not trying to provide us a concrete map. He is turning the disciples' attention, and therefore ours, to the nature and quality of the Spirit. So his words of encouragement and assurance are describing the nature and quality of the Spirit. He describes how truth will be known through relationship. So we hear things like interpretation, guidance, leading, speaking, and revealing. Truth is a relational activity of the spirit and will become a source of transformation. Jesus reminds the disciples that this spirit is a continual relationship in and with God and Jesus. And the activity of each is distinct and also always fully one. Knowing this oneness, this oneness of the three, the Trinity, is the foundation of our faith. And we are right to still ask the questions 
What difference does the Trinity make for our community, the body of Christ, today? What difference does the Trinity make for me, for you, for us, and living out our Christian faith? How might a deeper grasp of the Trinity save us, save our community? To explore these questions, I suggest that we step back from the personified Trinity, the one we know so well, the static Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and instead lean into a dynamic Trinity. If we imagine the Trinity as a dynamic triad, one that is continually moving us away from polarities, away from either-or thinking, and instead toward a whole new way of seeing, a third way of understanding, what might become possible for us? What might become possible for me, for you, for the body of Christ? As a dynamic force in our faith life, the Trinity is always on the move. It is always inviting, revealing, disclosing, and transforming, which is to say, it is never static, but forever moving us toward the realm of God. And this movement is not linear, and it is not defined by our sense of time. The transforming power of the Trinity lies in the power of three. The Trinity, ever on the move, seeks to resolve and harmonize the dissonance of two seemingly opposing opposites. It breaks into the logjam of extreme separation and difference and allows us how to see relationship and union are what move us to a new place. The dynamic trinity is at work when we find ourselves forgiving that one person we swore we would never, ever speak to again. The dynamic trinity is at work when we, in community, resolve a seemingly intractable conflict. The dynamic trinity is at work when we, in the throes of deep discomfort, deep self-consciousness, unwillingness to be moved out of our comfort zone, reach out to a complete stranger and build a relationship of care and compassion. The Trinity, as a dynamic triad, is at work when we find ourselves receiving, when we open ourselves to being guided by the holy, and when we enter into the new thing presented to us, which is almost always a surprise and entirely unexpected. The dynamic trinity fuels our human desire to create, to pick up the pieces of a mess and make something new, drawing from a source beyond our own com comprehension and our own control. This morning, we are calling the spirit of the dynamic trinity into our midst in confirmations, receptions, and reaffirmations. 
And those who have decided to make these commitments do so at a time in this world when they may actually seem as outliers, as nonconformists, as radicals even. It's a courageous decision to become a member of the body of Christ, to be formed in community through faith in Jesus Christ in a time when communities are atomizing and vanishing and polarizing. The Trinity reveals to us the nonconformist way, the outlier way. Whenever we resist dualistic thinking, whenever we refuse to take sides in order to see a new way through, whenever we speak into a hostile tug of war by asking, what is the third way? And this is how the dynamic trinity works, I think. Just when it appears we are going in circles, when it seems we cannot find our way through, the spirit finds our openness and our desires and leads us to a new truth. Often our choice is to do the surprising thing, perhaps even the harder thing, like patiently saving a batch of chutney and it reveals to us something much grander, deeper, than the task in front of us. The undivided, the dynamic, the ever-revealing trinity breaks into our world at the most surprising times and guides us, reveals to us, speaks to us, startles us into the next wondrous act of creation, of life anew. In these confirmations and receptions and reaffirmations, we are participating in the dynamic trinity on the move, within us, around us, and grounding us. Our baptismal covenant reminds us that we can fulfill these incredible and nonconformist promises through the transforming power of the trinity. I'm going to warn you right now, and some of you already are anticipating this, that when I reaffirm um, the folks who are going to come forward for that part of our liturgy, I'm going to invite anyone who here today now would like to come forward and reaffirm their faith. The Spirit moves in our presence. It swirls around us. It inspires us. It answers our desires. And I want to make sure that that spirit is heard and listened and received today. So think about that. You will see in your leaflet or in your order of worship today, I believe it's on page 11, a paragraph. It's right after it says sermon. And then it talks about the confirmation, reception, reaffirmation. There's a paragraph there. And in your leaflet, it says, I'm going to say that paragraph. But we're changing that. We're going to all say that together right now. And we're going to start with the words that begin the Christian journey. So we're going to leave off that introductory three or four words and start with the Christian journey is. And we're going to end, you'll see at the very end, a sentence, the final sentence will not say. So we will end with a sentence that ends to which the Holy Spirit calls us. Now, why do I want us to say this together? 
I want us to say this together because in these words, we are stirring up the Holy Spirit in this moment. And by your joining me in saying that, I believe that we are, we are focusing that power and bringing it to bear on what we are about to do in our confirmations and receptions and reaffirmations. So let's say together, the Christian journey is a lifelong process of transformation by which we grow into the full stature of Christ. In holy baptism, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. In confirmation and reception, we express a mature commitment to Christ and receive strength from the Holy Spirit through prayer and the laying on of hands. In the reaffirmation of our baptismal vows, we are reminded of our commitment to the work to which the Holy Spirit calls us.